A Hero's Journey is a podcast filled with spoilers. We recommend reading the book each week before you listen, but we trust you to make your own decision. to a hero's journey a literary podcast i'm your host and judge jack and i'm here with my delightful da members this is alex and i'm zach each week we look at a different book through joseph campbell's monomyth this week on a hero's journey we're discussing harry potter and the order of the phoenix the fifth book in the series um, this book starts with the ministry hiding the fact that Voldemort is back from the rest of the people and trying to discredit harry and dumbledore for spreading this truth. The book really kicks off when Harry returns to school and discovers that Professor Umbridge, a Ministry of Magic employee, has started taking over defense against the Dark Arts teaching. Throughout the book, Harry struggles to spread the truth of Voldemort's return while uh, fighting directly against Umbridge's control of the school. Harry eventually decides to lead fellow classmates in defense against the Dark Arts um, secretly tutoring them in what he calls the Dumbledore's army. Throughout the book, Harry is able to see uh, glimpses into Voldemort's mind to discover what he is doing and what he is planning. And eventually, Harry sees that Voldemort has captured Sirius and is torturing him inside the Ministry of Magic. Harry sets out to rescue him with a group of friends, but when he arrives to the Ministry, he discovers that he has been tricked and a battle ensues. Sirius, unfortunately, comes to the Ministry and is killed by Bellatrix Lestrange. And then Harry confronts Voldemort uh, and duels him. When Dumbledore appears, Dumbledore takes over that duel. The duel ends with Voldemort trying to take over Harry's body and Harry being saved by the power of his mother's love. Voldemort is around while the Ministry appears and finally recognize that he has returned to the world. And the book ends with Dumbledore and Harry discussing the prophecy and how Harry has been marked as the chosen one. Starting off with our departure, we begin where all great Harry Potter novels begin, with a Dementor attack. Yes, quite. This is the best Harry Potter book, and it does start with a Dementor attack. Three also has an early Dementor attack, and I like three. It doesn't start with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> This so, one technically talk, starts with Harry hitting his head on a shrub, but we're not talking about that. All right. For this book, Harry's journey is going to be to tell the world that Voldemort is back and have them believe him this time. And his call to adventure is the Dementors attacking. This is a reminder to Harry that Voldemort is back, that there is a lot of danger here. And with his immediately getting uh, a letter of expulsion, it reminds him that the Wizarding World doesn't believe him, and he needs to make that happen. For refusal of the call, this is the time that Harry spends at the Dursleys, kind of just moping. Even after Harry receives the letter of expulsion, he just kind of sits there and doesn't do anything. He doesn't move forward towards his goal. For a mentor here... I think that the order as a whole is the more uh, Molly and Sirius and Moody and all of the people kind of help Harry realize what's going on in the world, kind of introduces him back into this wizarding world. 
Before crossing the return threshold, this is Harry entering into number 12 Grimmauld Place, getting back into that magical world. And here the Order can really help Harry by telling him what's going on. They they introduce him back to the, to the Wizarding World and solidify what he's trying to do. And they provide him with some information, something that makes this different than normal, that Voldemort is looking for a weapon and that um, he's searching for ways to come back and be more powerful than before. And finally, for a belly of the whale, Harry sees Umbridge at Hogwarts. In this, with Umbridge presiding over part of the trial against Harry, he sees while that he sees that the ministry is not only interfering and telling people that uh, Voldemort is not back in the outside world, but in his world, in his home of Hogwarts, they're doing the same thing. And Harry can no longer turn back. He's, he has to uh, fight against Umbridge and get the truth out about Voldemort. For your call to adventure, uh, having the Dementor attack be... The problem I have with it is that Harry's dealt a lot with Dementors already, right? Um, we saw it a lot in book three. Uh, it's it's definitely something of his life that he is aware of, and he knows they seem to have a thing out for him. Uh, so it's not necessarily a big surprise that Harry versus somebody else is getting attacked by Dementors. So why is this particular attack It is something... a big surprise. I agree with Jack. It is yeah. a big surprise. <laughs> Look, because... Um, Dementor... Zach, I don't know if you recall, but D Dementors work for the Ministry. I don't know what you're possibly accusing Fudge of. We just know they seem to have a Harry Potter fever. And uh, that's why... Uh, if it, it was definitely shown in Book 3, so it's, it's not like if this had been some sort of like new monster, perhaps it would be setting himself up on a brand new sort of situation but this seems like old news to harry dementors and little wing wingly not possible i think everyone is surprised even the harry surprised dumbledore surprised the order is surprised the ministry is flabbergasted for one because harry's saying it but for the second because why would dementors be there they're under ministry control like jack's i'll it's tell very you why, Alex. different it's because harry situation. potter is a liar yeah, that sounds accurate. So how do we deal with having a liar as the hero? Uh, he's oh, not telling right. lies anymore. Oh. It's, it's scarred into his skin. He's not telling lies anymore. No we're also more. in third-person omniscient, so... We're... All right, well, that's fair. I, I don't know if his sort of recovery depression period is really a refusal of a call. It's more that he doesn't have a choice initially so i am curious alex why did you go with this rather than his attempt to run away because i personally think that him running away would have been more towards him going for the goal of letting the world know when he stays at the dursleys he's not in contact with anyone magical but when he attempts to run away he was going to go to the borough at least get somewhere where he has some magical contact, uh, if that makes sense. The end of the refusal yeah. is when he gets picked up. Hmm. He definitely gets told to not act, and I guess 
in obeying Dumbledore's orders, I can see a refusal if we view running away and making a big deal out of it as something that we, the readers, can view as action. I just... He's listening to what the adventure is telling him to do at this point. Well, he's listening to what Dumbledore says. Which is his overarching mentor. I'm sorry, do you believe that Dumbledore is correct more than like 50% of the time? I think that with the information that Dumbledore has, he is correct uh, in his actions. Regardless, I, this this time seems kind of mopey and not very actiony. And it, 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 usually, I I don't know, the refusal is something more proactive instead of passive. I feel like he's proactively deciding to stay put. <laughs> I, it's not my favorite refusal, but I think I ultimately am going to give it, especially as this book focuses so much on Harry's dark side in air quotes, and this is a real <laughs> feeding moment to it. He's super edgy, he promises. Yeah, we're, we're Spider-Man 3 levels of edge here. So like I alluded earlier, Dumbledore seems to be a constant mentor for Harry, especially in the, the books leading up to this, so... Uh, you've, you've pointed the Order as a whole to be his mentor, but we know that Dumbledore is the leader of the Order, so why is Dumbledore so absent uh, in this phase of, of, of sort of dark times for Harry? I, I feel like I run into a roadblock where it doesn't feel like the Order is actually teaching Harry much. I feel like they're trying to let him feel... It's like the kid, when he shows up... In, in the kitchen to cook. They want him to feel useful, but they don't want him to get in trouble. Is that a yeah. good analogy? The like, order's got him doing menial work. The The closest to mentoring from any direct member is probably Snape, and I would not call that mentoring in a healthy way. Look, for the mentor, it, it should be Dumbledore. It should be Dumbledore, and it isn't. And I don't have any good reason for it to not be him. All right. So for the crossing of the threshold, you have the entering of Grimald Place. I guess it's something new, but it it's not that new, right? It's something that it wasn't. It's something he's still, still the, the wizarding world. It's not like it's he's hiding in New York City or something, and the with the Muggles again. It's like. It's still part of what he's trying to get into. Well, it, I think it is different because previously Harry's been a hero and a celebrity. Every time he's gone to the Wizarding World, that's what he's been until now. Now he's different. He's seen as crazy, insane, so and a liar. It's definitely different for him to come back to this. But we don't we don't get that with. I still, I still like the point because it definitely is a trans a transition into something new. But that particular aspect we get much more Support. at school. What about the the trial? Mm. I kind of mm. thought that would have wrapped up in the belly of the whale with Umbridge, but yeah, I mean, I I I like Grimwald Place well enough. It's it's the headquarters of the resistance, which is what's new about it. He, even if he feels shut out pretty quickly, 
right? He's coming back to familiar faces, but in a very new context. Yeah, and he doesn't really have, I mean, while he has a lot of this, like, experience as facing off against the Voldemort or Voldemort's lackeys every year, sort of, he he doesn't have a lot of, like, outside of Hogwarts street cred, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't necessarily blame the Order for how they're interacting with him. No, but I I do think that that part turns Grimwald place into a a new a new home, right? And we get that reinforced later on with Christmas and Sirius. So I feel like it, even if it's only two out of three of the ways we would like it to be new and different to count as crossing the threshold, I think two out of three is good enough for me. So you're saying that different things are which uh, two? Being part of the resistance, even if he's not in it the way that he would like to be. And because Sirius and Molly are both there, as well as the all of the Weasleys for some reason, mostly probably <laughs> to keep Harry company. Um, those Weasleys just uproot their life for this man all the time. Ron has got to have, it's amazing Ron's complex didn't come to a head earlier in life. Yeah. Um, and sort of as a, a new home, right? In those two ways, it is new and different. And I wish that it was more of an exposure to a new wizarding world in the way that, Alan, right, we know that the wizarding world has changed for him. And I don't think it is that threshold crossed, but I think it it is certainly Harry moving into a new environment and the book moving into a new phase. So if it's just a new home, it, it's not. It's if I, I would agree with the point more if he was having to interact with a place that it wasn't very homey, right? These are people who are part of the resistance who he doesn't know firsthand or who don't treat him like family. Cool. People who he has to kind of earn some sort of status for. The fact that it's well, um, there it's are like already familiar there who he doesn't know before. Yeah, but if we're treating it like a new home, it's already like snuggly and warm, and I kind of want it to be adversarial in nature. But I I get that. The house I is mean, very adversarial. <laughs> the house is very adversarial. Um, no, I, I I get that because in the more classical version, right, uh, Red Rising comes to mind. We move into the Rebel HQ, and our main character is unsure and confused. And Harry is confused and angry, but not the environment, isn't it? He's confused. Well, they are, but Harry doesn't view them that way because he's a petulant teenager who is mad that all of his family and friends, surrogate family and friends, have been hanging out here for weeks without him. So he gets pissy. Again, I think it's two out of three for me, which is enough. Four. I got no problem with the belly of the whale. Uh, Umbridge, the trial. <laughs> I think we should I talk mean, about it, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I see it as being the point where of no return for Harry, right? The trial, the, oh, you're not welcome at this place that you've been, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Re repeatedly. He's received welcome. a hero's welcome before when he's come to the ministry. Yeah. Even when he was like uh, a first year, it was still, oh, everyone's looking for Harry Potter. Now it's no Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, I guess the only question I have for this is the belly. It's not, it encompasses Umbridge at Hogwarts, so it, it catches in your point. But why is it, 
when do you think it is? Because I think there are sort of three defining moments early with Umbridge. It's the trial, it's her speech at the welcome dinner, and it's the first attention. If you had to peg it to one of those moments, which one do you think really is the world, Hogwarts, and your world is different? So for me, it's that first class. Okay. Where <laughs> everything everything is different about that class than the previous classes. Even with Lockhart, this is different. She's being directly antagonistic to Harry. She is punishing him for telling the truth, telling him that he's lying, and they're not using magic at all. Fair. Yeah, but positive thoughts will keep out the baddies. It will. That is going to bring us to a close on our departure with just that meeting with a mentor not here. Which, you know, not unusual for every book, but very unusual for Harry Potter, as I feel like that's a series that's only crawling with mentors. Being pulled to school by thestrals that we can only now see for the first time, which is very unnerving and would <laughs> terrify the hell out of me, we come to our road of trials. That's always bothered me because didn't Harry see his mother die when he Yeah, was... but he didn't under... I, I had the same thought the other time they re reading it. But, but it's it's really... understanding versus exposure, yeah. right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. But anyway, for the road of trials here, I think there are three big things that Harry struggles with during this year. The first being his regular schoolwork, made even harder by the fact that Umbridge is there. Harry struggles with this, even though it's not mentioned. We do have to remember that Harry is still in school, so has a lot to learn, and uh, we see him in classes all the time. The, the next child here is DA, Dumbledore's army. Developing the DA, leading it, and them to avoid detection is a trial, and I think Harry does an excellent job at this. DA is very effective. All of the students learn great spells and defensive techniques, so good on Harry for this trial. And the last trial is one that I think Harry unfortunately fails at. And that's the oculumency lessons with Snape. In this, Harry really struggles to control his mind and struggles to follow the instructions at all. Um, and I think that this is a trial Harry fails, but that's okay. That can happen to our heroes sometimes. Moving on to our meeting with the higher power. I think this should be serious, given some godfatherly advice and help. And that's kind of set up with the mirror, but it just never comes to fruition. This could also have been Dumbledore. Like uh, I said, he could have been the mentor. He also could have been our higher power. But again, it's lacking. And really, any other member of the Order could have been the higher power to Harry as well. But just none of them are there. And I think it's one of the biggest failings of adults in this book. For our temptress, I think it's anger. Harry could just give in to anger and lose himself, lose focus, and just be angry at everyone and everything even more than he already is. For Entomment with the Creator, I think that this is the fight with Voldemort that ends with Voldemort trying to take over Harry's body, and Harry and Voldemort both realizing that they can't share the same body because of the protection that Lily has given them, and that they are two separate people, even though the Voldemort is the creator of Harry in so many ways. For Apotheosis, this is definitely hearing the prophecy that Trelawney made all those years ago. This allows Harry to clearly see what is going to happen uh, throughout the rest of the series, and what his 
goal is and why he is special, why he was able to defeat Voldemort. It's very important to set up the rest of the series. Um, and finally, for Ultimate Boon, when Fudge sees uh, old Moldy Voldy in the Ministry of Magic, he has to let everybody know that, hey, Voldemort's here. And that's what Harry was really trying to do, trying to get everyone to believe that Voldemort has returned and that he's a real threat. And this is what finally does it. And it's ultimate boon because Harry conveniently keeps Voldemort there just for Fudge and the rest of the ministry to arrive and, you know, see him in person. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about your road of trials here. Um, what about regular school is a trial? When we look at some of the previous Harry Potter books that we've um, taken a look at, things either tend to have a decent chunk of danger or perhaps high intellectual barriers. Um, the exam at the end, that's a high intellectual barrier. Those are hard. It's not unique to him, though. Does their trial have to be unique? No, I suppose not. And even if you want, like, it is unique to him. He has a specific goal in mind now of becoming an or, And to do that, he has to get certain grades in his owls so he can go on to certain new classes. So it's, it's a personal struggle for him, as well as a struggle for the rest of the school, obviously. Americans don't understand this kinds of tests, though. Okay, I'm happy with the Dumbledore, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm happy with uh, Occlumency, especially because he fails, um, but I agree. And then for D.A. Dumbledore's army, I'm, I'm happy with that because of the sort of, Harry has had sort of leadership thrust upon him on several instances, simply because he's the chosen one, yada, yada. Um, it was nice to see him taking a sort of concrete organizational leadership sense of things rather than just sitting back and maybe let the secondary cast of characters handle a lot of problems. He's, he's taking a proactive role, which I like. Um, so I'm actually happy with the trials. Jack? Yeah, I see nothing wrong with them. All right, moving on to the meeting with the higher power. Um, you, you talk a lot about uh, people that should have been, Sirius, Dumbledore, and we end up on Snape here somewhat reluctantly um the the sort of and you're saying that the advice and sort of lessons that he's getting from snape specifically in occlumency is is why he's the higher power um i think that could have been but i know what you're gonna say it failed right he didn't yeah, actually if that's the documents. trial that he failed specifically then is it so if I a think... true higher power could have just said, like in our very classical sense, and now you have the gift of occlumency. So I think kind of similar to our mentor here, this is something that someone should have done. This needed to happen. Harry needed a higher power, be it Sirius, be it Dumbledore, be it someone else. And he just doesn't, just doesn't have it, right? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. This is the biggest failing of adult characters in the Harry Potter world, I think, happens in this book. They're just trying to keep him safe. 
and doing a really poor job of explaining it and letting him get I don't disagree letting him get there. actually tortured and none of them noticed. Yeah, I don't disagree with the adults mindset, right? I don't know if I would do much different in their situations. It's like there's a proven murderer out to kill this person who's tried to kill him pretty much his whole life and I care about this person. I don't want to expose him to more dangers. Sort of <laughs> logic to what they're doing it just yeah, I, doesn't seem fair to us as the reader who want to identify with harry i mean we've also seen them try the same thing with sirius and how did that go they don't learn their lesson that harry harry will be involved whether they try and prevent him or not they've tried multiple times it has been four years of him finding himself when when he tries to stay out of it he will get magically pulled in uh so I, I feel like they're being willfully ignorant. The the real failing in this book happens behind the scenes, though, where Dumbledore allows himself to be systemically pushed out of power due to his own fear of his early childhood youth. <laughs> but no, it's ridiculous, right? Like no, it is the the idea that Dumbledore went from what the chief wizard warlock of the Wisdom God is a weirdly poorly defined position, but analogous to i imagine right chief justice of the supreme court or whatever he's an authoritative figure and between like one summer of smear campaigns against a popular celebrity associated with him and he lets himself be pushed out of any form of power how yeah i don't know just failing all over the place yeah Again, the answer is it has to happen because that's how the narrative works best, but it is very out of character. I feel I feel like we can explain to us later why it was in character, but previously it doesn't make sense why Dumbledore didn't see any of these moves coming. What is, what is he doing this entire book, honest to God? Tracking down one Horcrux? Yeah, but they're super secret hidden. But he only finds one and it's the one that they have an active lead to in the house that they live in <laughs> he finds the easiest one and the one that is not actually there if Dumbledore doesn't spend this book looking for horcrux they win anyway because that horcrux is already in with them <laughs> Anyway, on to anger, you said. Yeah, tell us more about anger. <laughs> Jack. Well, as somebody who resents Dumbledore, I, I feel as if this isn't a temptation so much as just rational thought. Is Well, the part I don't understand is how does this anger pull him away from the quest? Because it seems to be the anger helps him, like keeps him on track. Yes, I, I've always heard the, the the saying, like, when you're in an argument, the thing to do is get angry. That's how you get your point across better. I don't know. His, his other option, which you showcased at the beginning with the refusal, is to become depressed and lethargic. Two options are to be angry or to be depressed. There's not, like, a calmly state your argument. Um, I'm just saying that it, he tried to be rational at times with these... Uh, with the other members of the order and, and it's been stonewalled so maybe some anger isn't a bad thing 
I mean, they, wouldn't you be angry? Oh, yeah. I mean, they freeze him out all summer, which is the problem. But he nearly continues to alienate his friends who are very forgiving throughout the entire thing and then refuses to go to McGonagall after his first torture session. He starts the DA, which, you know, works for him and ultimately, I guess, is responsible for, like, saving the world or something because there's a guerrilla militant faction active at Hogwarts for the rest of time. Uh, but, you know, gets Dumbledore. Yeah, does it go after the books? Like, if, is there a Dumbledore's army when, like, Harry's kids are going? Like, it's like a God, fraternity. that'd be so great. <laughs> um, but, you know, on paper, it's what gets dumb, helps the ministry completely freeze Dumbledore out and have him declared an outlaw, which, again, ultimately doesn't actually feel like it has any consequences because literally nothing until the end of book six has any consequences. Yeah. Consequences, damn the consequences! Oh no, that's right. He's searching for the gaunt ring. He find I was wrong, listeners. He finds the gaunt ring first. He doesn't even find the cave. He finds a single Horcrux. Yeah, well, how many Horcruxes have you found, Jack? Uh, well, you know, all the Horcruxes I'm looking for are by smarter people who put them into like singular grains of sand and then threw them into the ocean. Okay, so not you, many. But don't the Horcruxes have to have like significant meaning? Wasn't that part of the magic? No, no. Voldemort just is vain as fuck and picked uh, picked ones that had personal meaning. Just like they uh, had to be deaths that had meaning to him, and then he murdered like two homeless people to make two of them. Um, I well, I agree with Zach in spirit that actually all of Harry's almost all of Harry's decisions that are ultimately made in anger do kind Look of work in his favor. Uh, on principle, giving into your anger not a good guy trait. Close lets Voldemort more Voldemort more into his head, and ultimately that kills Sirius, which while not against the quest does undermine the order in general, which is part of his quest. All right. Um, for our time with the creator, now, there was a point that came up when you were describing about how Voldemort has made Harry. Hasn't Harry made Voldemort? No. 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 A little bit? A little no. bit of hero being no. the journey? No. A little bit of... No. No. I don't know what you're no. going for, but it's not working. You said that Voldemort's only responsible for most of the bad things in Harry's life, and you know if you ascribe to that one wrong fan theory that the Dursleys are only mean because Harry's a Horcrux, then he's really responsible for all of it. Eh. Dumbledore's responsible for some of the things <laughs> in Harry's life. Zach, do you have any actual issues with this? It seems it's pretty no. atone mini. Yeah, I, I suppose I don't really have any problems since uh, Voldemort has certainly created the Harry Potter that we are familiar with, and without him Harry Potter might just be like a boring nobody. Especially since he chose him to be the chosen one. And there couldn't have been any people at Hogwarts at the same age who could have taken Harry's place. Not a single one. Nope. Nope. So for the apotheosis, um, hearing the prophecy, there, there's an understanding there, but I don't know how much it... So you mentioned in your argument, let me let me preface this, mm -hmm. that Harry knows what he has to do, was what was the phrasing you used. What does Harry have to do? Cap a bitch. 
<laughs> yes, kill Voldemort so he can survive. Okay. So, does this is this any dip? Would would Harry not have taken an opportunity to kill Voldemort if he doesn't hear the prophecy? Maybe. <laughs> ah! We'll never know. Voldemort has always been. Voldemort doesn't know what the prophecy is about, but boy, did Howdy does he know that he wants to kill that fucking boy. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure, given the opportunity, Harry's gonna. Let me say this with that. Uh, well, I, so that's that's the thing is, would would Harry have tried to kill Voldemort, or would he have just kept trying to get away from him? It isn't. It, it's the fact that Voldemort is constantly after Harry that keeps dragging Harry back in. Right, book, book two and book three, and honestly, book four. No, Harry... I think after the events of book four, Harry and Voldemort queue off, and Harry gets the chance. He's he's getting rid of Voldemort. I could you you well, can make the argument that young doesn't though. He doesn't try and kill him. He tries to disarm him. Yeah, throughout well, the battle, once he disarms the... him. He might have killed him. Eh. I I think it changes. Harry knows that Voldemort's after him, and I guess this, due to the technical phrasing of the prophecy, someone else could have been allowed to kill Voldemort. It's just that uh, one of the right, like it's they they interpret it as that one of them has to kill the other, but maybe someone else could do the killing. They just you know can't. Somebody they, has to die. Yeah, but it it changes. It definitely changes Harry's dynamic and Dumbledore's treatment of him when it, the acknowledgement changes from it's Dumbledore's fight and Voldemort's weirdly after Harry to it's Harry's fight and Dumbledore is here to help uh, keep things in order. So then again, like a Phoenix. Dumbledore plans for Harry to die and it's never clear who Dumbledore plans to have kill Voldemort except that he also plans for Harry to live but he's not certain. Dumbledore's really bad at plans, guys. So that moves us on to the ultimate boon. Now, if the goal of the quest is to expose Voldemort's return and to clear Harry's name, then I don't inherently have a problem with this. The, the, the only problem I have with the whole thing is that somebody, somewhere, or multiple somebodies in the ministry are corrupt, obviously, right? Well, and... they're taking money from the Malfoys, people that... Uh, again, I get that the Imperious Curse exists. I don't understand how, given Dumbledore has definitive or good enough proof by the end of Book 2 that uh, Lucius Malfoy... I mean, first of all, they, he has Snape. It's how Lucius Malfoy isn't in prison because Snape says, nah, that dude was a fucking Death Eater. I don't know. But Dumbledore does know. So how he doesn't spend part of the interim years tearing Malfoy, the Malfoy estate to pieces to make sure that they do not have a firm grasp on the ministry, I do not know. Dumbledore is bad at politics. All I'm saying is that there was obviously a non-insignificant amount of people who knew that Harry was right. So is it just the fact that we have to assume that Fudge uh, isn't in the pocket of, we'll call it the Death Eater faction, Voldemort's faction, whatever, 
and since he's the one who's kind of been antagonistic towards Harry, that it's Fudge only, or is it the sort of the cascading effect that Fudge causes? Because I think that's a relatively good distinction. It's, it's definitely the cascading effect that Fudge causes, but if Fudge had believed Harry from the outset, we wouldn't... Right? It, I'm pretty sure it's meant to be like a commentary on appeasement or something. I don't know. But in the whole Voldemort is wizard Hitler vein. Yeah, but didn't they try to go back and make Grimwald wizard Hitler? Eh, don't. We're not going to discuss those movies. Because I haven't seen any of those movies. So. Neither have I. I. And I won't. That What they did to my boy Johnny Depp. <laughs> um, but it's definitely Fudge's reaction that Right, sets everything off, and then Scrimjaw is just too late for Scrimmore, Scrudgemore, Scrim, Scrimshaw. Yeah, he's just too late to do anything because the Ministry is already too infiltrated at that point. Um, and again, nobody goes and arrests. I get that, like we can't accuse people of thought crimes, but there's got to be plenty of evidence by Book Six that the Malfoys are. Like Lucius is in jail. Why is yeah, his fam- is. why is his family manor still allowed? How how are there so many goddamn Death Eaters not in prison? Okay, I get that the unforgivable curses are unforgivable, but come on. I feel like in matters of national security, in the same way that we have a contingency for nuclear bombs, that you're like this Death Eater is in jail. I will now apply the Imperious Curse and ask him who all the other Death Eaters are. <laughs> That's really good, except you would become a criminal if you did that. Harry yeah. uses it fucking all the time. It would be inadmissible seven. in court. I don't... How is it... How is... Veritas Serum is not inadmissible in court. Actually, wait. They don't even need the Imperius Curse. Just go pour some Veritas Serum down their throats. Everyone is terrible at their jobs. Uh, somewhere in there, uh, I think I said that the ultimate boon is very ultimate boony, and that's going to close us out on our initiation. Uh, just that higher power missing, and a bit like our mentor, as Alex has stated, it's really something that should be there, and it's a key part of the book that the adults are kind of failing Harry and the younger generation throughout this, and that's why this point isn't here. Finally having the conversation that we should have had at the very beginning of this book, we come to our return. Yep, and our refusal of the return is uh, not having that conversation after Harry gets back to Dumbledore's office. They just they make us wait a little bit longer, and Harry gets a little bit more angry, and Harry breaks a lot of stuff. And that's uh, refusing the return, refusing the, the new world that he's stepping into. For our magical flight, I think this is clearly the port key that gets Harry from the Ministry to Dumbledore's office. Um, for it, and it's very magical because he's not allowed to do it. It's illegal to make a port key like that without uh, Ministry approval. For a whiskey from without, we have to go back a little bit. Dumbledore fighting Voldemort, protecting Harry from the danger that he represents, is uh, a clear rescue from without and save almost certain doom. For our crossing the return threshold, this is Harry sharing the prophecy with Ron and Hermione. 
this is him going back to his friends, going back to the safe world and letting them know what's changed, how they need to move forward and what the new danger is, what the new information he has is. For Master of Two Worlds and Freedom to Live, this is kind of hard for me because the the worlds, I don't really have two worlds for Harry in this book. He has like, I guess, Hogwarts and the DA, but it's very hard for me to make an argument that he masters either of those. And for Freedom to Live, I think this book more than any of the other books in the series so far lacks that. The, the Freedom to Live here is totally absent uh, because of the prophecy that we've been discussing for the last couple minutes. For the refusal to return, it's not really a refusal if you just do the thing you're talking about immediately after, after a small delay. But he's trying not to hear Dumbledore out. He, he doesn't want to hear what's happening. He's refusing it. He's refusing to hear what's going on, getting so angry he breaks all of the stuff in Dumbledore's office. I mean, if he, like, had even shifted, if it had been a greater period of time, if he had switched location, um, if he'd had to get the information from a different source, all of these things I would have deemed as a refusal, but it's it's more like a temporary temper tantrum followed by, okay, I'll listen. Uh... I would have liked Harry trying to storm out and leave, but because his temptation is anger, I'm kind of tempted myself to give this to Alex on the grounds that it's one final bout of him giving in to his temptation and that's stopping him from getting closure on this, us and him getting closure on what all this has been about, right? Sirius died because Harry went for this prophecy and rather than deal with that. And the other refusal uh, that just came to mind is uh, him refusing to accept the new normal with Sirius's death and going and checking the mirror, talking to ghosts, and going through his grieving process with oh. you know denial being a part of that, fitting the refusal. Hello, denial, my old friend. Uh, I like that too, Jack. I think that fits... Uh a little differently, but I think it also fits the refusal. All right. Well, moving on to uh, the magic flight, I've got no problem with the port key. It's even though we've used it before, the fact that this one in particular shouldn't exist. It's also illegal and therefore cooler. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's that's neat. Um, the rescue from without is fairly classic. I mean, Dumbledore having to. To whoop some is pretty cool. Uh, I disagree, though, with your crossing of the return threshold. Uh, you know, we talk about how the part of the crossing with the return threshold and Campbell's step is sharing this information with the wider world. He's not. He's he's pretty much only sharing it with what could be argued of of two mini versions of himself. It's just his two close allies, right? It's not. It's not even Dumbledore's army or the school. It's just Ron and Hermione. Um, so it makes it even harder for maybe the world to react to this information in the way that maybe it should. Or the order, even though the order, I think, is mostly aware. And I don't think, I think the other reason that it doesn't fully work for me, I say as I suddenly change my answer on the podcast sheet, um, is that 
our quest was about information. It was about proving to the world that Voldemort exists and the sharing of the prophecy is much more in line with the future goals, right? This is closer to when he shares the information about Horcruxes with Ron and Hermione at the end of the next book. This is something private and part of theirs. He doesn't even tell Neville, Ginny, and Luna. This is a setup for what's to come. It's not part of this quest as much as it's the setup for the next one. And so if if he'd come back to Hogwarts and we'd gotten a standing ovation in the hall from everyone except for Slytherin or some some moment that cemented that the world was finally on his side already, but we don't really get to see that. We barely get to see it in the next book because everyone's drawn battle sides and a fourth of the school is evil for some reason and that's just allowed. <laughs> Sorry, I started doing it. Uh, I think ultimately it's going to be a no for me on this step, which is odd because normally in Harry Potter, I'm so used to hitting all of these. And it's kind of bugging me that now that we've, I've discussed what I would like for this step to be in the book, that it's not there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have no, I have no response to that. Okay. Uh, and on our master of two worlds and freedom to live, I a hundred percent agree. And I think Zach does as well, that there is absolutely no freedom to live when you're given a prophecy about how you must duel to the death with another wizard. Agreed. On the master, the only mastery of two worlds, I think the only dichotomy that we've gotten throughout this book is more in the coming of age C plot going on with Dumbledore's army and his developing romance for Cho, but I think we can all safely say that Harry masters no parts of his bur burgeoning adulthood, and in fact is very regressive throughout this entire book. So probably <laughs> probably a pass there as well. I just feel like it needed a mention. A fail there. Yeah, I like that, Chuck. Uh, I, I agree, though. Yes, a fail there. Yeah. Apologies, Zach. I don't know what kind of wonky Hogwarts <laughs> school you went to where passes or ever fails or success or passes or success, but I am choosing to pass on awarding the step. Clearly there's no ambiguity in that language. Nope. Uh, and that is going to bring us to a close on a much spottier return than normal. Uh, it is the messier part of most Harry Potter novels, um, mostly because they're a long running series and therefore we get a little less closure with each book. Like, I wonder how many books she planned to do. Like, probably three? She said seven years at Hogwarts. I think the weird part is that... Uh, uh, or, sorry, I think honestly the weird part is that she got to it and went, well, the seventh book can't be at Hogwarts in my magical school novels. Uh, but that's going to leave our final score as 12 out of 17, unsurprisingly still leaving Harry Potter as a hero, even if he's a bit of a whiny brat in this one. <laughs> That's going to bring us into our closing thoughts. It's Harry Potter. It's always a pleasure to come back here. And I'm looking forward to our new recording style, getting to dig immediately into six and seven. Uh, I actually don't mind doing the first few books sporadically, but normally when I do a reread, six, uh, five, six, and seven, I tend to binge in one block as the second half of the series. I can never do just one of them. Don't know about you guys. No, I agree with you, Jack. I think for a lot of reasons, but this book represents a big shift in tone for me. And it's one of my favorites in the series. I think five is my favorite in the series, 
because of how great Umbridge is, I feel similar to how Harry does. I don't know if you guys could tell. I said I was very angry at the adults in his life, just like he was for keeping him in the dark when I feel like they didn't really need to. So I think this book is masterfully done, making me feel like Harry does. And I really enjoy this. And I also really, really enjoy the movie because I think they uh, did a real good job of portraying Umbridge yeah. on screen. I mean, I, I use has real umbrage energy as an insult in my in my daily life. That's good. It's just a really well written, horrible character. Yeah, I I enjoy book five. I think as far as my the way I appreciate the books go, it falls in somewhere around the fourth, maybe the fifth. It's 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 well done, but it doesn't it doesn't crack the top percentage of Harry Potter's for me simply because it seems very much a setup book for what's to come. We have to transition from a school novel to a fate of the world novel and a fate of the, you know, fate of the, we have to transition from a fate of the school series to a fate of the world series. And I think this book helps set that tone for the remainder of the series. And so I think it's important. It just, I cared, uh, guess slightly less for it as a whole uh and with our final wrap-up episode on harry potter we will post our individual listings for what our favorite our book favorite book order is oh man i'll have to come up with one now yeah bottom salt to it we're gonna have to you're gonna have to debate real hard for your bottom two <laughs> thank you so much for joining us if you enjoyed hero's journey don't forget to leave us a review and we're very excited to be back. So hit us up on Twitter, reach out to us wherever you get your podcast from or wherever you want to communicate with us. We also have a Discord, but we are looking forward to this year with you guys. As always, I have been your host and judge, Jack. This is Alex. And I'm Zach. And join us next time for Harry Potter and the, I was about to say Goblet of Fire. Um, and join us next time for Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Let us know what you think of doing it in this new style of going straight to the series. More likely let us know after Harry Potter 7, but still, let us know. Yay! Oh, thank you. Am I sounding any better? Yes. Yes. All right, cool. So. What'd you do? I switched from my Wi-Fi to the Wi-Fi extender, which is closer. Wow, house so big needs a Wi-Fi extender. No, Wi-Fi is so shitty, need a Wi-Fi extender. <laughs> <laughs>